Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Shirk, and this week we are wrapping up turkey season. Turkey season closed this past week on May 30th. That would have been Tuesday, and it's always amazing. I was talking about it with a friend of mine who uh, I said to him, I said, you know, I said, the, uh, the days go by slow, but the seasons go by fast. It sure seems like whenever hunting season rolls in it rolls by as quick as it came through uh, i'm always you know excited for turkey season to start i'm always excited for archer season to start once they get here man those seasons fly by but that's just life and we keep rolling with it i'm in the thick of things right now with work i've been uh running all over the place i've been putting 250 to 300 miles a day on my car driving around to different farms catch up with guys we got a lot of problems with this dry weather guys i mean um I'm sure you're seeing it if you have food plots out there. I mean, you can see it in your in your yard for crying out loud. I mean, I've hardly mowed my grass, which for that I'm not complaining. But it's uh, it is bone dry. I've never seen it. I mean, to to give you an idea, the month of May, on some of my locations, we didn't have more than a tenth of rain in in an entire month, which is almost unheard of. So yeah, there's going to be some repercussions for that in the farming world. There's going to be some repercussions for that in the uh, yeah, in the food plot world, but we'll be rolling. Hopefully a dry spring, maybe that means a better turkey hatch. I have no idea. But with wrapping up our turkey season, I wanted to kind of do like a grand finale season-ending episode, and uh, I wanted to have Jason Miller back on because he and I were conversing all throughout the season, um, you know, going back and forth, swapping stories, razzing on each other, and, uh, you know, he, he ended up having a, a – a season that was kind of going slow then all of a sudden it just uh it just took off and you know he he killed two huge birds uh in a, in a week's time and we're just going to go through and have a bs session about our seasons lessons learned things that uh things that we messed up on things that we learned from ways we adjusted to uh to make it happen and uh, just some stories to swap along. Man, it, it's just one of those end of the year swapping turkey hunting stories. And uh, you know, if if you're a beginner turkey hunter, there's definitely some things you can take away from from Jason's stories. And uh, it, even if you're an experienced turkey hunter, I, I think it's a an episode that just is it's an easy listen. I had a heck of a lot of fun doing this. Um, you know, Jason's uh, Jake, Jason's a heck heck of a guy. And, uh, yeah, just really enjoyed bringing you this episode. So I'm not going to waste any more time. We're going to get right into this episode. But before we do that, I want to make a real quick shout-out to our, our partners here, and that would be Radix Hunting. Guys, it's the season. We are out of turkey season, rolling into summer. Velvet pictures are starting to flow in. And if you are looking to 
expand your, your cameras or maybe you want to get some, some new cameras or, or you're starting from scratch, guys, check out Radix Hunting. Radix Hunting has very, very high quality cameras and they will not break the bank. I've been impressed with the picture quality from the Gen 600 and the M cell cores, uh, the M core cell cameras. Same thing, really good camera quality, uh, picture quality. I don't think you get the same picture quality out of a cell camera that you do, you know, your, your standard conventional cameras, but still really good quality. And the thing I love about the M cores is they're, they're not gonna break the bank. They're great cameras. Be sure to check out the stick and pick accessories. They got everything you need from trail camera mounts and adapters and tripods and you name it. So check it out, radixhunting.com and uh, get yourself suited up for finding the buck for this fall that you're after. So, hey, let's get to this episode. Always painful to see, uh, always painful to have turkey season come to an end, but, I mean, it, it's bittersweet. I mean, I had a heck of a season, and you, you kind of did too. Yeah. But, uh, so, hey, we'll, we'll get rolling, and uh, welcome back to uh, the show for a, a, fina- uh, a season finale, so to speak. Jason Miller, thanks for uh, thanks for having me over. This is, uh, this is a nice little uh, oasis you got back here. Yeah, thanks. It's my little piece of heaven here. I'm sh- do, you, do you get to hear birds gobble here? Um, it was funny. One night, a kid I used to coach for soccer, he comes here. His dad actually bought a few calls off me, and then he didn't get any for the kid. So the kid called me one day, hey, you have time for me to come up? I said, yeah. So we're sitting here, and I said, hey, you know, try it out. Make sure it's the sound you want. So this kid starts rapping away on one, and one gobbles right there. Now, I haven't heard a bird here in over a year. Mm. His, He said, you should see your face. I was like, I can imagine. You know, I was like, oh, my God. I ended up, I think, killing that bird for my second one. Okay. Uh, about three and a half weeks later, actually. But, you know, that's a whole nother story, but it let me know one was here because other than that, I didn't think there was anything around. Well, you probably even remember I said that on the last one. Yeah. Like, there's nothing around my house. And then the kid says, is that how you sell your calls? You have one in a cage up here. I was like, yeah. <laughs> that would be smart. Yeah, that I said, yeah, smart. I said, that's what I do. I just keep them here. But I, I was like, well, I, I actually hunted with that kid Saturday morning. We went to the Poconos. My wife's family has a uh, place in Promised Land. So I called one of my buddies who's over near Peck's Pond, and I said, hey, are you going to be up for the weekend? He said, yeah. I said, you want to hunt? Because I'm going, whether I take someone with a gun or not. You know, I'm going to go learn something new or whatever. So he said, I I don't want to go, but my kid will probably go, which I know all these kids, you know. Mm -hmm. So I get over to to hunt with him on Saturday morning. Well, the guy that was here, the kid that was here called, heard I was hunting with Brody. So Ben came up, and the three of us went. And just like you said before we started this, you know, you, you get them going right before you leave. Well, I take these kids way back in, and Ben's a really good caller. So I said, hey, cluck a little bit with that. He clucks, and we get one going. So now we, you know, we move in or whatever. <clears throat> and it, it was close. I backed off like 60 yards, and, you know, it was one of those where I thought they're going to shoot any second. You know, and then it didn't work out for some reason. I don't know what happened. Well, then we're standing there talking. And all of a sudden, a bear walks up right out from where the turkey was. So I would imagine that's what, what made him go quiet. But uh, Brody, who I think that was only like his second time hunting, he's been texting me all weekend. I think he got me hooked. He's, he was going to hunt this morning. I don't know how he made out. But, you know, it's fun always to get someone wrapped up into this game. But, like, I had to leave. We had to be home for a graduation party. Mm-hmm. 
So I get back to the cabin, which was like a 25-minute ride. My wife's like, didn't you hear any? I was like, no, we walked away from gobbling birds. But I had to do it. You know, yeah, I, exactly. I just had to do it. And it's like it never fails. Like the day you can't hunt long. Well, like uh, my daughter's boyfriend graduated Penn State. So I wanted to go to the Poconos because I had one going that Thursday up there, and I was going to go back Saturday. Well, I had to do this graduation. Great kid. You know what I mean? I had to, I had to do it. So I figured I'd just hunt here. Well, all of a sudden, I got gobblers all over me. Mm. And the one I watched, what, or I heard what he did the next morning, Sunday morning, I, I woke up early. And I know we talked the last time on this thing about how I just don't quit. That's what makes me a decent hunter. So my alarm goes off Sunday morning. I'm like, don't do it. Just stay in bed. And I tell him, you know, you got that devil and angel. Yeah, back and forth. And it's like, you want to kill him? Get out of this bed and go watch what he did because he got away from me the day before. So I go up to my neighbor's house, sit in the fence row. He's in the same tree, and he comes out across, goes right up over into these woods here. So I was like, tomorrow I'm getting him. So me and Mark go the next morning, and he's not there. You know, so we get another one going up here. That was a Monday. So Mark comes back Thursday. Now, Mark had shot a, a nine-incher. So I said to Mark, okay, we're going to set up here. If I said, bring your gun with you. He's like, no, 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 this is for you. So I'm waiting for Mark to start calling in the morning. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So I text him. I said, hey, are you going to call? Or I said, did you hear anything? He says, you call. So I'm thinking, I said, I didn't call. He goes, no, call. I was like, oh, you see when he's like, he's right above me. So here we go set up for me to shoot this bird. Well, I call this thing gobbles, drops right down and stands in front of Mark for a half an hour. Oh, my <laughs> word. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So now fast forward, this bird that I'm after, nowhere to be found, right? So last Friday, I'm sitting in here before I go work at the winery. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. A buddy drives up after work. About a mile and a half up the road, he calls. He says, Miller, he says, there's this long beard in the road. So which way is he going? He said, into your side. Because I could hunt all that across the street. So I was like, okay, we talk a little bit, small talk. I said, I'll kill that bird tomorrow. So my wife says, oh, my God, you're so cocky. You know, I was like, well, I know if he's over here, I can hunt him. You know what I mean? As long as I could hear him, I could hunt him. So I'm up on top where I could listen, and he's in the same tree was that Sunday morning when I went, and I knew right where he'd go. I made two calls from this fence row. I bet he gobbled a hundred times in the tree, and when he came down, he gobbled every step. So I just knew where I had to have my gun, and when he stuck his head up, Left like yep, it. he was right there. That was the second one. Yeah, and that was eleven inch beard, twenty four pounder. That was a, that was a good bird. When you bird, sent yeah. me that picture, I was like, man, that is a <laughs> hoss of a bird. Because that that morning you shot that one, I was out. I took my cousin out, uh, small property I have, and uh, I hunted there one time i hunted there the first monday so i killed my my bird opening day and then the first monday i went down there and i could hunt till 7 30 and then i had to leave for work and the the first morning i hunted there it was 7 15 i'm packing up that was him that day i filmed him oh my word he did have a real <laughs> good, <laughs> grief. A good one. good grief that's a hoss of a bird but yeah that that monday morning is like 7 15 and i'm i'm packing up and uh I heard birds in the morning, but nothing close. And, of course, like 7.15, I have 15 minutes left. Two birds gobbled on their own. And now, you had your close. bow that day, I had too, my right? Bow. Yeah, I had my blind and my bow. And uh, I actually, the guy that kind of is a caretaker there, I went down to my car and packed up, I said, and he heard them. I said, watch this. And I just did a real soft yelp, and they were coming in closer. I was like, 
if I had time, I could work them, but I had to leave. So anyway, second time I go down there was last Saturday, which was when you killed your second one. Um, we set up on a bird in one area on the one end of this property. He shut up after you know after you know seven something. We were dealing with some other hunters in the neighborhood, so I said, let's go up to the other corner of the property for the last little bit we had to go, because I had a hard stop. Like, I had to be on the road at 8.30, and I mean, being on the road at 8.30, I had to freaking move, because last Saturday was my anniversary, and it was, no kidding, it was like 8, yeah, 8.15, I started, uh, I started calling, I was, I was using, uh, I was using the call I, I killed the bird with the opening day. Uh, which was that? Was that uh, that black and red one? It was the black and red one. I was using that one, and I was kind of calling softer at first and uh, got nothing. So then I switched to that white one that's just absolutely loud and just cuts hard, and I switched to that one. Boom, got got one answer. We didn't know where it came from. And I we, we tried to move in, and, and he gobbled again. He was closer. I'm like, this sucker's coming. We got a chance. Is this and, when you're up against time? I'm up against time. And I, I set up, and I said to him, I said, look, I said, I'm going to try to call <laughs> this sucker hard, and he's either going to come or he's not. So I, I started calling pretty hard, and they were they were fired up, but they were hung up like 70 yards. And I said, all right, I, I was looking at my watch. I'm like, I've got five minutes. I thought I'm going to be five minutes of quiet and see if that's enough to coax him in. And I'm like the, the time's going up, and I just did another quick yelp, and he gobbled, and he sounded like he was, he sounded farther, but I think he was just like strutting yeah. in this one area, just waiting for me to come. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, we gotta go. And I felt so bad because it was like the first time I ever took him, first or second time I ever took him hunting, and he was so funny because he's like. That was the greatest turkey hunt I've ever had. I'm like, I, I felt terrible yeah. because we had to leave. He's like, no. Like, he texted me the next day, like, I had dreams of gobbling turkeys. <laughs> well, it's funny. If you remember some of the last time uh, podcasts, I talked about going to Alabama. Yeah. And and I talked about how I felt like I let, let them down down there. Well, he was just here. He had a wedding. Uh, someone in his family got married. So he was here um, Saturday afternoon. I gave them some turkey. I made some deer jerky and stuff to take back down to the camp. They're all excited for when we come back. I said, well, give them a little bit of this. You know, there's a teaser. I'll bring some stuff down. But he's still talking about it, how how much fun he had that weekend. And I, I'm still feeling bad, like I should have been able to do better. And just like those kids I was with in the Poconos, you know, it's like, again, like you, I'm against the clock. I know I got to get out of there. And I even said to him, look, stay here. I'll I'll go tell your dad where you are. But then the other kid, uh, he had gotten married last year. They had some kind of concert to go to, mm-hmm. you know. And then oh, I said, something. I said, hey, you know what I would do if I was 24 and I had a gobbling turkey and my wife wanted me out of the woods? He goes, what? I said, I'd leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to do it. You got to get out of here. Yeah, you you got to. Yeah. I mean, I know I know plenty of people who would stay, but I also know that they. Uh, they Quite pay for that. They pay for it. That's yeah. exactly right. But you were you were kind of funny because we were talking the first week. Like I had a heck of a first week of season. Yeah, like, that was I unbelievable. Went, I went three days. I killed two birds. And you were yeah, like, and you sit already- here. You sit here on that last podcast. Hey, I'm not that good at turkey hunting. I don't know much about it. Me and Lesher are sitting here like. He's done already. We haven't even seen one yet. You're <laughs> killing them all, was- which was great. You know what I mean. Uh, like we were, we were happy for you. And look, we talked what when we were in Jersey. Oh, constantly. I think we talked for the youth hunt. Yeah. yeah, we've been talking back and forth now. And I mean, you had a great season. And, and I, I know we talked about it before. Like you took your bow, you committed to the bow. I did that two years, and and it takes a lot to do that. Oh, so I was so happy when you shot that one with the bow because you had to commit to it. You could have shot how many you said over the years if you took the gun. Right. 
you know, so it, it takes a lot to do what you did. And I, I was happy for the, you. The second tag, I was back and forth, and I, I said, I'm either going to, if it's a place that's conducive to hunt with the bow, I'm going to stick with the bow. But if I, there was other properties that I, I knew places I wanted to go, that was going to just be better set up to run and gun. So yeah. I made my mind up if I was going to do that. I wanted to kill one with my 20 gauge. I actually patterned my 20 gauge like that week and, you know, was, was getting that set up and I was going to take that. But that Friday, the place I went to just worked out really well. And that was kind of funny, too. I, I talked about it a little bit. But I, I got out late because I was talking to the landowner. We were just shooting the breeze. And he's like, well, you want to get out there. It's it's like – and it was light. <laughs> they already flew down. And I went up to this spot between two food plots and made a couple calls, nothing. And I'm going back and forth. Do I turn left? Do I turn right? I decided to turn left. I'm headed in towards this food plot and they gobble on their own. And I heard them, and I'm thinking, that's that group of jakes. And at first I'm like, well, do I want to shoot a Jake? So I, I set up when I started calling and they're coming in. My heart was racing so stinking hard. I'm like, absolutely, I'm going to yeah. shoot a Jake. Not a, no ifs, ands, or buts. And I ended up having, they didn't commit and I had to make a move on them. And I used brush and then I kind of. Well, that's got, what, when, you, when we talked before, I was going to ask you. So you when you said you made a move. Did you take your blind with you, or were you out? No, I didn't. So there's a, there was a permanent blind at that food plot, and oh, okay. I was planning to get there. Well, I never made it there. So what I did when I first set up, I set my Jake decoy up in this road, and I tucked in at a rose bush. And I'm thinking, hopefully they fixate on the decoy. I got enough cover that I can draw. Well, they never came in. So I knew there was a path that went in towards this food plot, and I could just make a move, and I didn't think they'd see me, and it was pretty quiet. And I moved in, and I got to a point where I could see this one opening of the food plot was all i could see i mean it was like a an atv path size is all it was and i called and what it, what distance to the so so i like was, you knew you were in bow range oh at yeah that. yeah i was i was in bow range like for me to the edge of the food plot was seven yards oh, okay and then uh you know the food plot is only like 40 yards wide or, or give or take so i called and then here they come they kind of walked out into that opening looking and uh you know, I'm I'm actually standing against brush, and, and I'm I, I'm clipped into my release, and I and I'm I'm set, and I'm watching these birds, and I'm back and forth like, are they going to come closer? Are they just going to hang up? And they're doing the whole back and forth, and they're gobbling every time I call and everything else. And I, I finally looked at the one the one that had a pretty nice sized beard, and uh, as I'm watching him, I I, I didn't want to do the motion. I had my rangefinder in my chest, and I didn't want to do that motion to bring it up, click in go down clip back in i just kept watching him and i i've hunted that spot so many times it's actually the spot i shot my buck last year but i i i watched i was watching him and saw where they're at i'm like they've got to be between 25 and 30 yards so i thought he's facing directly away from me if was I, he strutting or no just... he wasn't strutting he was he was you know kind of alert but facing away and i thought if i put my 30 yard pin on his vitals my 20 is going to be at his neck and I thought, if I don't miss left or right, I'm going to kill this turkey. So that's what I did. So I kind of, the, the brush was low, and I kind of did one of those drawback at your hip, and I brought the bow up. And he kind of saw me a little bit, but he, none of them putted, nothing like that. They just kind of took another step, and I, I settled in, squeezed it. Couldn't see the arrow go, and I, saw, I, I heard it hit. I heard, boom. I was like, well, I definitely hit him, but he was really hobbling. And I'm watching him like, is he going to fall? Well, then he starts running because the other one takes off. And I'm thinking, tell me I wounded this turkey. So 
I basically gave up. I grabbed my bow, and I sprinted across this field. Well, then he sees me, and he goes hobbling down through the sticks. I get to the other end, and I'm looking all over the place. I'm like, where did this turkey go? I'm like, he couldn't have went that far. I'm like, did he get under a brush pile? I'm looking all the under brush piles, and I start, like, scanning far away, closer, closer. And all of a sudden, I look, like, 10 yards in front of me. I'm like, holy cow, look at that blood trail. I'm like... I've shot deer that bled less than that. I was looking, and I followed it down. There it was laying dead. It, was, awesome. it went like 40 yards, so I was like, that, that was so That's exciting. awesome to get one not in a blind, because the right. two I shot with the bow were in a blind, mm-hmm. and I could get away with murder on the movement. Right. You know, but over the years, and, and I think maybe we talked about this before, there's been every hunt I used to do, I'd be like, oh, if I had the bow today, that one would have worked out. But, you know, it was a, where I was running and gunning, so you never know. Yep. But. Uh, I, I want to do that again one day, but I don't know. It's just there isn't enough around to to make that commitment for me right well, now. Well, and the other thing, too, and I think this comes back to what I want to talk about, is you put so much stinking pressure on yourself uh. to get a bird. Like, So I, I had my heck of a week the first week, and we, we were talking back and forth. I called you after I shot my first one, and I was talking with Lesher that week when he shot his, and, and you were just like so, like, this is going to be a tough season. I, I got my work cut out for me. I, I might not get a bird, and we're like – like, dude, it's the first week. Like, you got the whole season. Well, the the problem with my season is thinking that there was nothing here. I know all my hunting is going to be four hours away right. or at least two in the Poconos. Right. So then you start weighing in on, okay, how weather. How, how am I going to get there? The timing of it all. You know, like I was excited to go back for the all-day hunt because every time we go out to that area – there's this one knob where they're always roosted but we can't hunt on the side they fly out on every morning so you're kind of wasting your time unless they're really hot and heavy and they come in but what we've seen over the three years we've been hunting out there is they all go out that way in the morning now eventually they come back so we stayed away that day for the whole day me mark and the other guy decided hey we're going to go hunt this public property learn new property or whatever and then the evening hunt i'm going to go in there so that's what happened Knowing that they leave to the left, they're coming in to the right, you know, and and that's how I got my bird was kind of waiting for him to come into roost. And then the next morning, me and Mark were out there, so now he has his, and I have mine, so now it's just like, you're going to hunt, but you know how it is. Like, you have one, satisfied, you know, the pressure's off of me to keep my streak going, but uh, we go out, we hear 14 gobblers that morning. Oh, my gosh. And that was uh, May 16th. Now, a lot of those we didn't have access to. You know, they were way over here. Way, but, I mean, 14 different birds. birds, yeah. So I said to Mark, I think we ought to uh, split just because there's so many, you know. So he went one way, I went the other, and uh, I think I called one off the, across the street. I don't know. Like, they were gobbling pretty far away, and the next thing you know, one hammers right next to me to the point where I'm like, where is this thing? So... I think he came across the street and was headed for the field. Well, then I called. I thought if I brought him that far, one little call, he's coming. So I call. He he hammers off. I get a text from Mark somewhere in between here saying, I just messed up on one 50 yards away. I said, well, stay there. There's one coming because now this one goes, he's hustling across the field, gobbling his head off. The field goes like this. Mark's on this side. He never heard that bird just even over the hill. Right. You know, because he's like, well, I was like, just stay put over in that corner. All you got to do is cross the hill, but I guess he went straight across. But, like, we, we both had good action real quick, and then they kind of stopped at about eh, 7.30. Everything shut up for the day. I guess we hung around till about 2 o'clock and then headed home again. Yeah. Well, 
you you've killed a couple in the afternoon. You were talking about. That. I've hardly ever hunted the afternoon, like whether it's time or I just lack of motivation over the years. But you killed this first one this this year, so I'm kind of curious. Tell me a little bit about that because you you knew that that was the area they come back to roost. So did you just sit and be patient? Yeah. So what it uh, I had put a blind in there the youth hunt day mm-hmm. uh, after Pierce shot the long beard. I was with Brady and I said, "Hey, before we leave." Or actually, that's how it was. I, I was going to take Pierce, who shot the bird. We were going to place a blind and a camera, and then we were going to go check out of the hotel. So me and Pierce get up there. We're sitting up this blind, and I see five or six, like 50 yards away, just scratching. They had no idea we were there. I don't know how. So I get on my phone. I call Andy. I said, get Brady over here. Do it quietly, though. There's birds. So we kind of sw- uh, switched. Andy took Pierce, and I sat with Brady then. In the blind, we quick popped up. I guess they were hands or something. Whatever it was, they didn't want to, nothing to do with us. But So I had that blind place then already for that one day, knowing I'd go back on the 15th and I was going to spend my afternoon in it. So what's funny is this farmer out there had to work this field in over three years. Those round bales that I showed you in that video, they were there since last year, mm-hmm. right? So now Is this an old, just an old hay field of some sort? Yeah, uh, years overgrown? ago they used to plant it. So the guys that have the lease out there, they don't they don't turkey hunt, but they deer hunt. And the farmer, I guess, there's so many deer that he loses, you know, money when he plants his corn. But the hunters want corn because then it brings the deer. So it's like a, so I don't know if they paid him a little more money or what, but whatever. We get there on the 15th. Now from the, we were out there, what was the first day for Junior us? Junior weekend. Oh, you were out there opening weekend? Yeah. So the opening weekend so that would have May been the 28th. 1st, or was it? Okay. April 28th. Okay. So Andy shoots his that day. And those round bales are still there. We go back on the 15th. There's none there whatsoever. So I don't know how that guy did it in two weeks because there was a ton of them. That field was huge. But me and Mark were actually sitting in the blind because Mark said, I want to sit with you. And I was like, yeah, but you're kind of cheesing yourself out of a chance, you know, because we had some good action in the morning. I thought I was getting one that morning. Mark six behind me. And this thing's just textbook in the tree to the ground, marching up this valley. And I was like, here we go. Next thing you know, he gobbles way over here, and Mark's even like, why didn't you shoot him? I said, I didn't see him. He goes, that one gobble, he sounded right in your face. So that's how our morning went. So now, 2 o'clock, Andy had to come back. So Andy headed back for work. And 2 o'clock, I said, I want to get in that blind so early that I know I'm not bumping anything. So me and Mark get in, and uh, I don't know, we're in there about an hour. Here comes the farmer. And I'm just like, this guy hasn't been in this field for three years, so he sprays it. Okay, so in the, I bet he was only in there 15 minutes. Mark goes, I just saw a turkey run across the field. So we're sitting in the blind, and Mark goes, there's one right in front of us. Now, there's a tree outside the blind, so I can't see. So if there's a tree three feet from me, it's blocking 100 yards, you know what I mean? Right. So I said to Mark, where is he? He goes, it's right here. So I get ready, and I, we never see it. But Mark thinks he went to our left. So now I'm thinking, okay, was that one of the ones I'm looking for? Now the farmer's buddy comes up. They're yelling back and forth, you know, and I'm like, it's just impossible. But they left the field at about 5, and I said to Mark, you know what? Everything on the camera saying 7 o'clock or later, and it's all scratch. I mean, the sign's there to make you sit. So it's like 7 o'clock, and I'm thinking, come on, man. And just like that, up out of this field, I see a turkey coming. I said to Mark, here they come. So I get my gun set up, and I see the thing. Mark said, where is it? I said, right behind a dead tree. And I see this bright red head come out. I see a beard. I didn't 
focus on it, but I mean, it was definitely a gobbler, you know. And I, I'm just ready to squeeze him. Mark goes, oh, my God. Boom, I shoot. I said, what are you saying, oh, my God, for? He goes, did you see the beard on that? I said, I saw, I saw there was a beard. He goes, wait till you see it. Get up there. It's a 10 and a half incher. Mm. You know, that fat, beautiful beard. So, of course, I was happy. And then me and Mark, we walked down to pick up this bird. And I even have it on my reveal. It took pictures of us coming for the bird. You see us pick the bird up. Go back to the blind. Take a couple pictures of this thing. And Mark says, you know what? It was weird. All week long in that camera, there's two birds. Today, there's only one. Well, there stood the other one. The whole time we did this, we weren't paying attention. And then it took off. That's what alerted us to, I think he ducked down in the ferns. You know what I mean? I think he just sat. If you're looking to simplify your food plot system while enhancing the quality of your soil, you need to check out Vitalize Seed Company. Vitalize provides top quality seed blends designed to fit into their 1-2 planting system. The system has been designed to allow highly diverse plant species to grow synergistically, optimizing nutrient uptake and cycling the way God intended. Reduce your inputs, build your soil, and maximize the quality tonnage for the wildlife in your area. Find out more about this system and get your seed at vitalizeseed.com. And be sure to check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Radix Hunting was founded on premium grade trail cameras and continues striving to produce the best cellular and conventional trail cameras on the market today. The Gen 600 is a second generation camera from the Gen series line. With premium video and audio recording capabilities, this product has become well respected as the HD video trail camera. In addition to the Gen series cameras, their M-Core cellular camera has all the features of a quality cell camera at an affordable price. Along with their cameras, they offer stick and pick trail camera accessories to allow you to set your cameras just right. You can find it all at RadixHunting.com and be sure to follow Radix Hunting on Instagram and Facebook. Want to check out Radix cameras in person? Stop in at Little Mountain Outfitters in Richland, Pennsylvania and have a peek. Now, back to the show. It's amazing how they do that yeah. sometimes. I walked up on two birds in the field, in a in a crop field this year. It was a drink, uh, dreary morning. I'm walking. I was looking at this small grain crop for this farmer, and I'm walking out in the field. I got my my knee high rubber boots on because it was wet, and I'm just like dopping along, looking at this. I'm weaving my hands through, looking at the crop, and then uh, I I picked my head up and looked, and uh, there was an old fence row that they just took out with heavy machinery, and they were going to turn it, you know, you know, connect the fields. But I looked, I'm like. Jeez, and Pete's shotgun range. There's two long beards and two hens, and they're just standing there looking at me. I'm like, any other time? Like, what? It's just crazy how they do that. Sometimes. It is. It's amazing. And you know, the funny thing was, you know how no matter what, whether you're deer hunting, fishing, playing sports, whatever, when it's over, you go, I should have did this. I should have did that. Of course, Mark says, I told you call after you shot. He, he here's what he said. He goes, Hey, call before you go get him. I heard, go get them. You know what I mean? I was all revved up. Oh, well, yeah. So then what, later we're, we uh, got back, back into blind, and Mark says, I told you, call before you go get them. I said, I thought you said go get them because I even looked at Mark and said, well, what's the rush? Because I, I threw one of those TSSs in, Yeah. and I mean, it was only like 24 yards. He wasn't budging. So yeah. I was like, well, what's the rush? So I was like, hey, he wants me to go get it. Well, here he told me, call before you go get it. You know, it's just one of those things. So who knows if I would have called, if that other one would have, you know, came out. But you never know. So we laugh about that. 
because it was just miscommunication on my part. I wasn't, you know, I said I was so revved up that I uh, I didn't really pay attention to what he said, I guess. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> all right, though, for sure. So you killed that one. So that would have been, was that the, that was the first day it was all day, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, so you got that one monkey off your back, and then it was the end of that week is when you shot the second one? Yeah, so I shot that one Monday afternoon, and, well, Monday morning, we all agreed to stay out of that patch of wood. No one roosted there, but for it to work at night, I said to Mark and Andy, we can't change what happens in their morning. You know what I mean? Like, right. if these things have been left alone for two weeks, and every night they're coming in this way, if we go in their morning and call, they might not come back that way. So it was hard for all of us to be on the next hill over, listening to them gobble like crazy over there, but knowing that our plan was for the evening. And then when it worked out, it was worth it. But then... uh I can't. We hunted there Tuesday. I think I went across the street here Wednesday and Thursday afternoon a little bit just to see if I could find one for my kid, but nothing over there. And then, like I said, I had that phone call that Friday night, and at least I knew I was in the woods with a turkey in the morning. You know. Right. So it's funny, Andy. I had told him the night before about this bird. I said I told him my setup. I told Mark. Mark was going to come out. So I text Mark in the morning. I said, "Are you coming today?" He goes, "No, I'm staying in bed." I said, that's fine. So I go up here, and that thing's gobbling in the tree. So I text Mark. I said, hey, he's in the same tree. I knew I should have came out. He said, so I thought I also texted Andy and told him that I have him going, right? So I shoot this thing at 630. I'm standing on his neck, you know, doing this. And Andy texts me, hey, are you on him or what? So I took a picture of me standing literally on him, and I said, yeah. Well, he called me right away. He goes, are you kidding me? He said, I just said to, I guess his son Pierce said, hey, did Jason hear that turkey? He said, ah, you know, it's weird he didn't say anything. But I thought I did. I thought I had him in a group text. Mm. And uh, Andy says to his kid, yeah, I text him, are you on? And he sends me this picture. I'm and you see, it, yeah, I'm on his neck. So, and, and Andy, you know, he's he's happy for me too because he knows the time I put in and stuff. And, well, like today, I told you yesterday, he, he heads out there. So this morning... Nothing going off the roost. He said, 2% chance of rain, they wake up, it's pouring. I said, of course. That's the way our, our season's been out there. Yeah. So I said, just sit there because when it gets nice, it will liven up. So he told me that the, when they sprayed that field, we weren't sure if they were killing it or fertilizing it. Well, it was dead. So I told him I wouldn't go too close to that field because they're not going to go in there. So uh, I don't know what time it was, 7, 7.30. He went around the bottom of the field. He called one time, one answered, called again, and it was in their face. But he said if it was uh, two weeks ago when it wasn't green, that bush wouldn't have came into play. But since this bush was so green, the kid couldn't swing, you know what I mean? And he said it didn't waste much time. It looked around on, uh, yep, on the lane, didn't see what it wanted to, and went back in. Now, he said it gobbled the whole way away. And he says, you know, what would Miller do here? So him and the kid go way down to the road, up the road, up another lane, and come in on the other side. It took him about an hour. First call, this thing goes off again, but then he just holds up out there. You know, so, but it's funny to hear how he's learning and he was in the game. Like now he's driving home now and he says it was worth every minute of it. You know, him and his kid were out there having a good time. Yeah, this year for sure. And I think it was because, you know, talking with, talking with you, talking with other turkey hunters, like I, I was just fired up this year and I, I was paying attention to more things. And like you were talking about the bird you killed in the evening, like, and even the bird you killed the second one in the morning, like, <clears throat> It was a it was a pattern. I just had Matt Dale on the show not that long ago. I listened about to that. that. That was great. Yeah, that was a great episode, man. I really enjoyed that one. But he, you know, 
not worrying about um, what the bird is doing now. Worry about where he's, where's he going to go yeah. and setting up for that. Like you talked about that a bunch of last time. He talked about that, and and I tried to apply that this past uh, this past weekend on Saturday. Um, so that that property, I said I took my cousin out, had to leave that bird at eight thirty. I tried to, uh, I took my buddy from from college. He, he's a baseball coach. He didn't hunt all year long, and he, his season ended. I was like, "Yo," I said, let's, "Let's go." I said, "I got this property has birds on it. They're gobbling. Let's go." So we went down. We actually stayed at this camp on Friday night, and we pulled in. There's a hay field that, like the the property line where we can hunt, is the hay field. So I can't hunt that hay field. But we pulled in, and I looked at it in the evening right before it's dark. I'm looking at, I'm like whoa i'm like that hayfield got cut and i'm thinking there's going to be birds in that hayfield but in my in my mind i was so set from the first hunt of the year when i had to leave before work and the second hunt the week before when i uh when i took my cousin we had to leave the the ridge in the back of that hayfield is where those birds always roost and the two times that i hunted before they'd work their way down that ridge and kind of get into the valley and up onto the next ridge, and there was a meadow, and this guy's basically out the back of the guy's yard. There's a meadow there, and that's where they were they were doing their thing. So I so thought, could you hunt where they were? You just couldn't hunt the field, or or you couldn't hunt from where they were I, to where they were I, going. I could hunt right in between it. Okay. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to sit on this flat in this valley. It's as far up as I can go, and I'm thinking hopefully I can intersect them instead of them cutting across and going into that meadow maybe if if i can call to them maybe i can get them to to poke their way down and get a shot i'm thinking i'll get in between them and i was like i i think i got this but when i got there that night i knew better i'm thinking there's gonna be turkeys in that hayfield and sure enough it we didn't hear them on the roost at all i don't know if they were over the backside or if they just didn't gobble but <clears throat> right around 7:30, i heard a hen yelp and it was close and i think it was a hen it didn't sound like a gobbler i never saw a hen but anyway Heard this yelp, so I I did a soft yelp response to it, and I got a double gobble, and it was in the hay field, and they were like 80 yards, and I'm I'm sitting in the blind with them, and I I'm like doing the old peak one glass out through the back corner, I'm like oh right there they are, and they were strutting, well they strutted there in that corner for the field for an hour and a half, and I was thinking to myself, maybe they'll eventually break. A soft call into them. Maybe they'll eventually break and they'll sneak into woods to come look. I said they're either going to do that, or they're just going to hang up because they don't see the hen and they're going to go move away. Well, that's what happened. They moved away. But I, I said to him, I, I took him down later in the morning after the birds left the field, and I showed him the tree that I sat at last week with my, with my cousin. I said, you think if we were sitting here, we'd have been in the game? I mean, it would have been the perfect spot. And I I even thought. Maybe I should try up there again, but no, no, I'm sticking to this original plan. It was I didn't adapt, so that was a big learning experience for me. Yeah, but you know what? You you can look again, question everything after the fact. I've done it a hundred times this year. Should we have separated? Should we have went in, went out? You know, so it's easy to to guess when it doesn't go right. But if if they would have came in, that you would have been like, oh, I I did the right thing. You know, I think this year more than any other year, these birds have been unpredictable, like crazy. You know, I've had four or five at that where you swear the next step you're going to see them. You know, like, where are these birds? And then they go away. And usually Mark's the one back there like, what are we waiting for? I, I haven't seen them, but they were that close. And, like, when I was talking to you those couple times saying, I don't think I'm going to get one, it was like, I'm hearing them. There was only one day. I bet you if I had a guess, I probably hunted between Jersey, Alabama, and here at least 20 times. 
And one time I didn't hear turkeys. That was the first Monday I hunted right here, took off of work. Because of that kid calling and having that one go up here, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. Every other day I heard at least a gobbler. So that's a great season for me. Heck yeah. You know, especially when you're hearing other people aren't hearing anything. Like when I had those two kids up there the other day and I had a, I, we had to get out, and I'm apologizing that Ben, who, who shot plenty of turkeys uh, when he was younger, he, uh, he said that was the best day I had all year. And I'm thinking, you know, put that in perspective. You know, I've seen four turkeys die this year. So this was, it was a great day, but I've had better. You know, but that's how some people's seasons are going. Like, he was just so happy we, we got close to the one. And here I am again leaving thinking, man, I failed these two kids. I should have been able to do this or do that. But ultimately, it's up to them. So it was funny then I said, okay, when the bear came out, right, which I think is what got that turkey to shut up. I said, okay, here's where, see, I always like to teach as I'm hunting, but it's just what I do. You right. know, like I, what I teach them might be the wrong thing, but it worked for me. So I'm like, here's what I would do. I always, if you got the gun, I'll say, I'm going to tell you what I would do, but we it's picked, your, it's yeah, your, your hunt. So I said, I would go back. We were about a mile and three quarters in on one of these dirt roads up there, which actually is funny. We parked here. It looped up to here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're really right near the road, but it was just a long walk. So I said, let's walk back out to the car. You know, take us probably 40 minutes, and then we'll drive back here. I'll show you where the parking lot is for this one, and then you guys come back over when I leave. So we walked back out. We're talking, talk about how it went, how close it was, and, you know, they thought for sure they'd see it, whatever. So we got in the car. We're driving down the road, and I stopped the car. Now, I know the land up there. I've been hunting up there for 20 years, and I— this is no lie. I can't even make it up. So as we're sitting there, I said, right about here is where that far bird was, somewhere right here. And the kid in the back seat said, he's standing right here. Right there he is off the road. Big, long beard. I said, okay. And he, he was head up. He was looking at us. So we drove down the road about 100 yards. I said, listen, you two get out. I'll just drive down to the closest park a lot and wait. I said, go in like 150 and then back up like 100. Try to get completely the other side of him. I said, because he won't, he sees the danger over here. So you know, I'm sitting down there waiting. Well, hey, we got him gobbling. So I thought, oh, that's great. Now I wish I was with, but I'm just waiting for the gunshot. So now it's, like you said, it's 9 o'clock. I'm thinking, I, I really got to go. So I text the one kid. I said, look, I'll tell your dad. And then he's like, ah, he's getting further away. Just pick us up. So that's what we did. But here what happened was I don't think they had the one going that we saw. I think they had the one going we were working earlier because he was a little further away, but he said the minute he called, he fired up, came towards the road, but then just went back and forth on the ridge over there. Yep. Yeah, and I said, that's one of those things. If you had all day, let him go this way, get in there, he's coming back. You know, but none of us had the time that day. Yeah. And, you know, the whole ride home, I'm all jacked up thinking, man, I wish I could hunt. My wife's like, we could go back the next day, or for today. Like, yeah, but I don't know if they're going to be there or not, and I don't want to call them in for nothing. You know what I mean? exactly. Plus, I knew we wanted to hook up today and do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so here's an interesting This might not apply to you because you said you heard birds every day except one day. But what I found so interesting, so obviously I was done the end of the first week. I went I went that Saturday out to my spot in western Pennsylvania. We didn't see or hear a bird. That was funny, too. Didn't see or hear a bird that whole morning. Now, was that after you had number two? I, yeah, it was the day after I shot number okay. two. Like, well, I, you get him on Friday. I shot him Friday morning before oh, okay. work, and then uh, – 
I went uh, Friday afternoon. We drove out to my sister-in-law's. I took her hunting on her property. Didn't see her bird all morning, but then I had, how did that go? We went to a Pittsburgh Pirates game, and that evening we're driving down the road, and a mile and a half down the road from my house, there's a long beard with a hen strutting, and the next morning we're on our way to church on Sunday morning, and I got a picture of a gobbler on my cell camera right where we were sitting that day. Yeah, so that's the way figure. it goes. That's the way it goes. But So I was done. You know, I hunted that Saturday out there, but then I, I was done. I didn't really go until uh, last Saturday when I took my cousin. But, you know, my, my job with all the driving I do, I mean, there's days I put between two and 300 miles on my car driving through farms in central Pennsylvania and stuff. And week two... I did not see near as many birds out in fields or hear as many birds walking fields as I did week one and week three. But it was so funny. Like, it was like, for me, it was a lull. And then I second that with talking with my buddies that were hunting. So many of them like, man, it, 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 it's just not as good this week. I'm not hearing birds. Nobody, I don't know anybody that killed one the second week, I don't think. And then a light switch flipped. And that Monday when you killed yours... I got two other pictures that day. I had a guy kill one early in the morning off the roost, a buddy of mine. Um, middle of the day, 1 o'clock, I had a friend kill one, and then you shot yours that evening. And then it was either the next day or the day after, I got another buddy that sent me one. I had, I had buddies that were working birds. So it was like, and then, of course, in my travels again, I was seeing birds. Yep. I was walking fields. and I, it, it, it always kills me because I'm walking a field, walking a property, doing my thing, and then I'm like, you know, looking at a corn plant, and all of a sudden, come on, come on. In the back here, like, I gotta walk away. I gotta walk. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, like, <clears throat> with Andy, always trying to tell him, like, what I see. Like, I was, I was telling you guys, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get one, but, like, I knew my money was on going back out there for the 15th. You know, like, I was, if I was gonna get one, it was gonna be the 15th or 16th. And then when I got that one, so the pressure's off me in my own head, the pressure I put on myself. And then, uh, like, I was hearing turkeys all over the place. And that's what, it's almost like, well, I, I told people this now for the last 10 years. Like, anyone who thinks turkey hunting's over after the first week and they quit, they're just cheating themselves out of some of the best hunting around. Right. If you go on that Pennsylvania turkey page on Facebook, I don't know exactly what, what the verbiage is, but Pennsylvania turkey hunting or whatever, they were killing monsters that third week. It's like every bird they kill had a 10-inch beard on it. Mm. You know, so it makes you think that the hens were finally, you know, nesting or breaking off at least to go lay an egg or something. You know, because that third week was hot. You, you just got to know, you, you got to at least have enough knowledge. Because I think the hardest thing to do is, like, if you hunt the first week and then you go into the second week and then you give up. And then you want to go try to just find a bird and work him from the roost. Like, you, you got to at least be in the game a yeah. little bit to have an edge. And I find, too, like... I feel more confident hunting later in the morning, later in the season, than I do off the roost. Yeah. Like, I've, I've had so many instances where the first part of the day, yeah, you heard birds, but I just, I have so little luck working birds off the roost that time of year. But mid-morning, it, like, I've had good hunts. Well, see, I think, like, for instance, the second one I shot here, like I, I told you, I watched him that Sunday before. So driving out to Western PA, we're just going off of what we saw seven days earlier. You know, so I, we can't see him in the roost or whatever other than that first morning we hunt. So the roost hunt out there doesn't work for us either. You know, we're the 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I think. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I haven't shot a bird out there yet before 11 o'clock. I got three. 
you know what I mean? So it just goes to show you, you got to hang in there. But I think what helps turkey hunters that are willing to put the time in is the guys that aren't. Once the woods clear out, these things settle down and the action picks up. I would rather sleep in and go out at 9 o'clock than try to kill one off the roost. And that was what I was just going to bring up. So one of the guys that killed the bird the same day you killed your your first one, um, he's an older fellow. I, I think he's almost 80 years old, but he, he's a later onset turkey hunter. But for the past 20 years, I mean, he's killed hundreds of birds because he, he would go, you know, kill 10, 11 in multiple states every year. And um, he has a property that's an hour and a half away from his house, I believe, or an hour, give or take. And uh, he said, he goes, I, he goes, I can't do that, you know, getting up early, driving an hour and a half. I can't do that day after day, he said. And when it gets to that time of the season, he said, I sleep in, he said, and I want to hunt. He goes, because between, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock through about 2 o'clock, he said, they're on the move. He said, and I have better luck. But he told me his bird, and I thought this was an interesting philosophy that he had with, with his bird that he killed. He went in around 9 o'clock and bumped the bird. And he went into this little little setup that he had, and he, he stayed parked there. And he sat there, hardly called, until I think he killed the bird somewhere around 1 o'clock, so somewhere between 12 and 1, he heard a distant gobble. And he said, when I hear one gobble on their own like that, he said, I rarely answer them right away. He said, I, get, I wait. He goes, so I waited a couple minutes. I left a soft yelp, and he didn't answer me. He said, "That's all I gave him." He said, "I shut up." He goes, "In my mind, he goes, I, he goes, he goes. I've experienced it so many times. This was the way he described it to me." He said, "It's almost like he gets agitated that you're not talking to me. Where are you? Why didn't you come looking for me?" He said. So I was sitting there quiet, and he said, "The next time he gobbled, he was in he was in visual distance. I didn't see him, but he goes, he gobbled, and I was like, geez, on Pete's and looked, and this bird came." you know, loping right in. I just thought that was so interesting, but it all came back to patience. How yeah. many how many guys get impatient? I do. I'm I getting do. I'm getting better with it, but I get impatient that, you know, they shut up eight, nine o'clock. We've got to go move on something. But he was like, I'm in an area that has birds, I just gotta wait them out. Well, it's funny because this one over here that I shot my second one, he fired off around I guess ten after five. And I was up here, so I moved out to where he was gonna be I move out, and I gave two loud clucks to make sure he heard me. Now, he was gobbling on his own already, but he intensified. You could tell there was a little more into it, like he was more frequent or whatever. And as tempting as it was for me to call, I thought, I don't have to. He knows I'm up here on this hill. So now he stayed in the tree till 6.15. One hour, I bet you gobble a 100 times. But I'm thinking he's either going to fly the other way or he's coming right up here because – now, it's been an hour he waited, waiting for me. I don't show up, and I didn't call again. I believe if I would have waited a half hour and called, he would have sat there another half an hour in a tree. And believe me, it was tough not to call. Oh, it's so tough. So when he hit the ground, and at every step he took, he was gobbling. You know, and I'm sitting ah, 40 yards, I guess, off the hill. It was funny because he'd gobble, I'd go like this. And he'd gobble, I'd go like this. I was like, come on, walk straight, because he must have been zigzagging coming up the hill. But I knew, like, I only had to twist my gun a bit. And then... uh he gobbled one time. I was like, he has to be up here. Like, that gobble was so loud. And then I seen him out there like this. And then I, you know, take your time, make the shot. But, uh, again, I I told Andy, had I called more than those two clucks, I think it would have took longer for him to come up. And, and I, I questioned, did he even hear him? I want to believe he did because his gobbling got more 
more intensified. But I, and I think they probably did because it's incredible what they can hear. Yeah. I mean, and I was, it was open for me to him. Right. Like there was nothing between us but air. You know what I mean? So he had to hear it. And, and then, you know, you're thinking, did he hear it? Did he hear it? But I'm thinking, just let him do his thing. If he gets down and goes the other way, then I'm going to – I was all prepared to bring out the band, you know. But once he was gobbling my way, then I sure as hell wasn't going to call because I thought there's no reason he's already committed. You know, now if he would have held up. But, like, watching him that Sunday, he just marched right up through to the other side of the woods. And then that's what he did. So yeah, that made my day. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, it's funny because, like you said about shooting a jig, I don't care how many turkeys I shoot in my lifetime. My heart's pounding, and I see a jig come in, I'm taking it. So that's my philosophy. Yeah, and, if hey, it, if you if don't shoot like him. a big boy, he gets treated yeah. like a big boy. And if you don't <laughs> shoot him, I have nothing against it, but I, do not, I don't have anything against people that do shoot him because, yeah. look, some people can only hunt once or twice for the month. You, you, what are you going to let them go for, you know? But it's funny. I, I say I've been lucky. Like my last five or six birds were all these 10 or 11-inch beards when I'm not picky. You know what I mean? So I, when I shoot, I just laugh because it's like, well, there's another big one. So everyone thinks, man, this guy really waiting. Well, I'm not waiting. These are just the first ones coming. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the way it happens sometimes. Well, another thing, too, I mean, I've, I've seen a bunch of research and heard it calling a couple podcasts about, um, you know, you know, from a, a hierarchy standpoint in the breeding, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with shooting a Jake. It's yeah. better to do that than to yeah, shoot a big actually, false goblin. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it was exciting. And, and hearing, like, you got your two, and I'm actually hoping Mark is up in the mountains now. I'm hoping they ran into some, which usually he does. I mean, he's good. You know, but uh, we're at about 40, 41 turkeys killed that I know of with my calls this year. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and again, there's people that I don't know who – you know what I mean? I, I shipped them to them or whatever, so if they get back to me, great. But, like, there's, like, 40 or 41 confirmed kills. So, like, when you got yours the first day, I'm like, yeah. You know what I mean? Just, like, make it a check mark to, to who's ever shooting them because, let's face it, the more they work, the more the word spreads, and, you know, I, I keep growing with this. But How long have you been doing the calls now? I, uh, I, I the made them for myself for two years, and then – Last year I sold, I don't know, 100, 200, whatever. And then this year I sold a few more. You know, so about four years that I've been making them. But now it's funny because when we're done here, I'll quick take you down there. I'll make one for you and show yeah. you how it goes. I have it down to where, like now you said, the black and red call. So I know with that black and red, when I already have my latex stacked, right, for uh, yellow three read, red three read, gray two and a, Black, uh, red two or something like that so i know like that black and red one is a two read call so if if you want one i get it out put it in boom 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 it's done that fast so then when you say hey that's the call i want i know which one it was just by hearing the color scheme you know so like all that stuff i'm getting into and i want to we were actually talking to a neighbor up here yesterday he knows his stuff with computers i think i'm going to do a better website where people can access it not just through my qr code but you know just type it in and there it is so and you're going to start start naming them now yeah <laughs> yeah i That'll told be the, fun part. <laughs> the best part about this is and this was what i was told um i did a podcast a couple months ago with a food plot company a uh, guy that runs a food plot company and they've got all these creative names for all their different food plot seeds and i said how do you come up with all these different names and he goes, usually it involves a lot of beers. Yeah. Well, the guy that I work for for the winery, 
all his name for his wines came up just someone said something or you know however and then it stuck so like one thing i was joking around i said i want to name name a call after everyone in my house you know some somehow or whatever and then i i said jokingly about my mother-in-law my wife said well, which one would she be i said the raspy old hen well then they start laughing because then when i got mine my mother-in-law said was that with the raspy old hen i was like yeah that's the one i used so you know, we do we do have that in mind, you know, to start naming them and stuff. But, like, I actually said I might put it out there as a contest, you know what I mean? Because, hey, if you name it, I'll send you a pack of calls or something, you know, if yeah. I pick your name. Because there's a lot of people out there with good ideas. Oh, that's the best thing to yeah. do. Like, I saw guys do that on their Facebook pages with when they put uh, pictures of trail cam deer, of their deer up. Name this deer for me. And you get all kinds of yeah. comments for yeah, that. Yeah, so. and some people are really, uh, really uh, – what do you call it creative i'm yeah, not I'm, I'm, not. I'm like i couldn't name a stone you know what I mean? exactly i'm the exact same way i mean i i i, I sure as heck wasn't going to name my kids i can tell you that but yeah so the the calls thing i mean how many how many different cuts have you made because you I mean you gave me a pile of cuts yeah well see like a couple calls like the one i mailed you I should give your five bucks back to you too, because I felt so oh, bad yeah. about it. It's like, I, I can't even believe that. So I got to tell you know that story funny? real quick. So, Yo, so I was telling, I was telling you, <laughs> I was telling you that uh, I really like these calls, and I told you about the first one I killed. I used a, I used a, uh, a wine. Yeah. But the way I did it, I because actually, we had talked about that, right? And you and Matt also talked about that. Yeah. Well, the way I did it with that call, I flipped it upside down so it wouldn't be so raspy, and I did a, a I did a light wine, and I'm like that bird just came unglued. So anyway, I was telling you about that, and you're like, oh, I got this call that this certain cut <laughs> I'll mail to you. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. I, I, I you know, more than happy. Thank you. I appreciate it. And. Uh, I get the thing in the mail because I was so, and it was, uh, it was. I think I had to go to the post office because something with the postage or something. So I had to bust your chops about that. I was like, I don't care. Well, you know, the funny thing about that was the day before I sent a three pack to uh, Pittsburgh or something, and it cost me three ninety six for shipping. So that was in my packaging and everything. So I'm thinking if I send you one call in that little plastic case because I didn't send any of the other. No. I thought it weighs like a piece of paper, you know what I mean? And I didn't even think of it. I threw a stamp on it, threw it in there. And when you sent me that text, I was like, oh, my God. That was funny. I felt so bad. Oh, I don't feel bad. I thought it was hysterical. But <laughs> I, I really like that call. See, like you, you were saying that the last time, like you really like your raspy calls. You use those a lot. And I... I'm not partial either way. Like I've used all kinds of calls for whatever reason. I've gravitated to the more crisp ones, and that one that you you sent me, I could do like the the wheel wheels, the the uh, certain clucks, and the, the way I could change my pitch. Like I just really like that call. But what sucked is I didn't really get to use it much. Oh this yeah, because you already were done. I was done. Right? Yeah, because yeah, you sent it, and I think I had. I think by the time I actually was able to go pick it up i killed the second one well that's what i was going to say though i did send it i think before you got it but it wasn't there till after you got your bird or something like that like it was the timing of it you i didn't shot get... the first one and was telling you i told you the yeah, story that's and right then you, and then that's you, right. you, you cut it and sent it to me yep. by the time i got it i shot the second one already yeah bad <laughs> season right what, yeah what a problem to have but <laughs> no i was i was really interested in like i played around with your with the calls and because like I was like before the season when I, I got the, the the bunch the, the couple I bought and then the, the extra ones that you sent me. Um, I was I had them all in my my work car. You know I'm driving miles and miles and I was just playing around, just figuring out what I could do and just trying to you know get yourself ready for the season. And uh, I was paying attention more cuts and there was just certain things I could I noticed I could do with more 
of the calls and certain things I couldn't do yeah. with them and was figuring that out and how I wanted to play them in my vest this year. So that was really fun. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, with me, like, you asked how many I make. I make a whole pile of them, but I only – I shouldn't say this. I have, like, six main ones that I sent out, but I always ask someone, you know, how good are you at calling or whatever because I make some that I think you got to really be able to call to use them. And, like, I threw the one in up there in the Poconos the other day, and that thing was going crazy to this call. It was that loud one, I think, the the one that you the said. The white one. Yeah, the white one. I mean, that thing there, once you get that loosened up, you know, like you put it in your mouth for a minute or whatever, that thing comes really nice and sounds great. And I'm telling you, I had that bird going nuts till that bear came in. But, yeah, so I'll make a whole bunch of different ones. And uh, I cut some for me unless you're like, you read all this stuff about um, the prophylactic calls, right? It's so, so clear and stuff. So I bought some of that stuff, and it, it doesn't stick together. And I'll, I'll show you what I mean later, but... So it's harder to make them. You really got to, like, hold it tight and do this and do that. They, they're really crisp and clear, but I hate making them because they're a pain. They're a pain. So I give one to Mark, and I have one. Mark tells me the next day, hey, I sold four of those for you. I was like, don't. <laughs> don't do that. I don't want to make them. You know what I mean? But they were, he, he would go into work and, like, call with them, and they're like, oh, my God, that's really nice. But I was like, yeah, only I'll only make these for a handful of us. You know what I mean? Because it's, not that it's horrible, but like it's not consistent they don't okay. stay together like the others the latex you can throw around it still stays tacked together but this stuff here i haven't figured it out yet i'm sure there's a way but i didn't mess with it enough you know yeah but they, they sound good so i have one of those a mark and a few other ones out there but i want it before next year because i have 200 pieces of that to cut or to use but like i said i just got to figure out how to keep it together to make your stretch true yeah. You know. So we're closing out the season. Um, it's always kind of a I always I, I never I'm never as sad about the close of turkey season as I am the de- end of deer season. But I know this is always <laughs> always like up. Uh, Got to wait another year to. So like you you talked about it. Maybe it's you, maybe you'll reiterate yourself. But what do you think were some of the biggest like takeaways or, or things that you 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 enjoyed the most or a highlight or anything like that for this past year? Well, now I showed you that video yeah. of the kid. Uh, shooting his long beard that was great uh just because of those round bales that you saw in the field at first i thought these are going to screw us over but they actually helped because every time he strutted behind when we could rearrange like i'm cramping up in the hip you know i would go like this like oh thank god that that bale's there but uh the kid made a hell of a shot that was like 50 yards there that shot really? you saw. oh yeah he poked yeah, he it out there it. yeah and dumped it so, of course, and you know what? I use Longbeard XR, and so I love them. I. I love them. And that's, I, my bird was about 46 yards this year, the second one. First one was 20 or whatever. But seeing that, that bird didn't move after that kid shot it. And it's like, I know they're expensive. And I, I listened to your podcast with Matt, yeah. right? And one thing Matt Dale said that rings so true to anyone listening to this you're going to spend the money for gas to travel. You're going to spend money on rooms, out-of-state license. You're going to spend all that money, and an extra 10 bucks a shell is going to stop you from hunting. And he said, if I spend all that money to travel and I want to hunt, when the bird comes in, I want it dead. I, I, I was like, that's exactly right. And not that he's just there to kill. That guy puts a lot of time in where you don't kill but yeah, he killed two birds in the late season and i think he i think these two birds i think one was like seven days and the other one was a nine days till he yeah so out. he really puts his time in but like he said when he gets the opportunity why not have the best 
shelling your gun. You know, and watching that kid for the third year in a row, the first year they were pretty close, but his last two birds were like probably 45 and 52, and I mean, just dumping them. Not even worries of yeah, getting up or anything. Yeah, and it's like, man, I think there, I think there's value to that. You know, especially if I'm going to be going back to Alabama, I think next year I'm actually doing Kentucky. Nice. Yeah, I got invited down there. I think I'm skipping Jersey, though. Me and Mark put a lot of miles on a Jersey. Well, we talked from over there, and there was, like, one knob that had turkeys on, and luckily we found it. But everything else, hell, we put 10 miles on and not even a track, you know. Yeah, I had a buddy that hunted Jersey but hunted different units. Anywhere. He had a he had a good season. Did he, he ran into a bunch of birds, but I think that was a different part of the state than where you were hunting. Yeah. But, uh, no, it – the TSS was interesting because, like I said, after I shot the first one with the 12-gauge, I patterned to 20. And, of course, the first thing I did was I bought a, a cheap box of of, of uh, Winchesters. I was looking for long beards in 20. Of course, I couldn't find them. Yeah. And then uh, I think I might have bought some double Xs. I thought, I'll just try them. And I had an extra full choke for the 20 and shot it. And at 30, I think the, the target I had set up just the way it worked, it was 32 yards. And I, I shot... And I don't know if I would have killed the bird. It was that it was that poor. I was like, oh wow, that's rough. So then I went and bought. I was looking for for long beards, and I saw TSS sitting there. I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll buy it. I bought a box and just shot one shot, at 32 yards. And I counted the head pellets and head. I was like, holy. So was it cow. night and day? Night and day. And I tell you what, kicked the daylights out of me. It kicked as hard as my 12 oh, yeah. inch. Oh yeah. But night and day as far as the pattern. And then I've been hearing people say about how how dead they are and i've just been so much like how can they get any more dead than when i shoot them with long beards but yeah they're it's a good load yeah yeah and and you know like i i said i think next year i'm gonna i think i'm gonna bite the bullet and do it because you know i i see it with my own eyes enough times and again the xr love them to me it was the best shot ever i ever used but you know if they make something better and, and look we all want to get that bird to 30 but it's oh, a stubborn one who can't, you know, that 50 yarder where you're like, okay, buddy. Like yeah. the one I, the second one I shot, man, he came up top, heads up like this. And I'm thinking, you know, if he puts his head down and goes back down over that hill, <coughs> I ain't getting him because yep. I'm not going to run over there. I, I, you know what I mean? You know, it ain't going to work. So I'm thinking it's a little longer. I wanted him to come up 10 yards, but, you know, I seen his chest and stuff. And I'm thinking, should I let him come up here? It's like, why? I know. It's capable of it, so do it. You know what I mean? And now he flopped around a bit till I got out there where I think that would have been the difference. The TSS, I would have just packed up my gear before I went out. But the, the long story short is we, we got it, so it was worth it. But, you know, I, I just think those TSS are something else. I wonder what it would be like. And so I, I was – now my new thing is with my shotgun. So I have four shotguns in my house. I have two 12 gauges and two 20 gauges, and now I've killed birds with both of my 12 gauges, and now I said I wanted to kill one with with my 20. But the the, the, the sentimental value of that was my I have my uh, grandfather gave me my great grandfather's model 12 12 gauge. I don't know how old the thing is, you know, over 100 years or whatever. It's it's old, and. Uh, he was telling me, he said, yeah, that gun never killed a turkey. He said, that killed a lot of game, but it never killed a turkey. Well, that was enough for yeah. me. I want to kill a bird with this gun. And uh, I, I forget what, it's a two and three quarter inch chamber, but I forget what load I found that patterned really well. And I shot it at 45 yards on paper, and I was like, that would kill a Is bird. Is that what you got the first one with this uh, year? No, this was, this was actually two or three years ago oh, okay. when I shot it with this gun. But I shot a bird with that gun at 49 steps 
with two and three quarter inch, and it was, it was it was it was ridiculous. But you're you're telling me like that bird flopped around like crazy, and what made me think of this was I'm like I wonder what it would be like in that shotgun if you could shoot TSS out of it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, but, would it be better? Well, I mean, really, if you think about it, it makes sense. So the the sh- the shot size is what do they say less than half, but the right. weight is the same. Right. So you're just packing in more chances, you know, of, exactly. of hitting the thing, you know. And and I'll tell you what, uh, the kid, the second kid that shot Brady, you know, when we went up for that one, that was I know I told you, but I'll quick tell the story here. You know, it's. 11 o'clock and we sat in a blind for an hour i'm like let's go kid i can't just sit here so we went up on this public land and i'm running a gun and pretty hard and heavy and i tell him hey look every time i'm up here i get them going but i've yet to kill one over here they just seem to hold up so the i would go 100 yards 100 yards 100 yards the third time i stopped two of them gobbled and i look at my watch it's 11:49, and i said we have 11 minutes so like you said about your hunt with your buddy I said, I got to be so aggressive. You have nothing to lose because in 11 minutes, we got to shut it down. So I, I cut at them. They don't gobble. I throw in the ghost cut, and I do that whine, and they just hammered. And I said, okay, they're still, like, right here because I didn't know if I just shot gobbled them the first time. Well, the next time I even made a cluck, it was like, they're right here. I said, get ready, get ready. And that fast, I see two heads there. I said, you see them? Yep. I said, shoot. Now, he shot with TSS. That was about 20 22 or 23 yards now it didn't take the head off right the skin was intact and everything but the bones inside were just destroyed like that thing you couldn't have picked its head up good grief yeah and i was like but that's what you want this thing didn't feel any pain you know what i mean it was dead dead. so i i quick looked it was 11:54, and i said quick get with that bird i want to take your picture for one i wanted to send it to andy who was sitting at the truck waiting but for two i wanted a time stamp on it so that if anyone gave us grief I could show you this bird was shot before noon. You know what I mean? Because till we got out, it was 20 after 12 or something like that. So I just, I say, quick get with that bird. You know, it was more for Andy and his kid because, you know, they had to be sitting down there like, what happened? What happened? You know? But, uh, yeah, so I got the timestamp of 1154 on the picture that way. You know what I mean? You just never know who you're going to run into on public land on your way out, especially if you have a guy who was in there all day. But there was, you know, it was funny. Pierce says to his dad, do you think that was them? Andy laughs and said, who else is hunting at 12 o'clock on youth day except Miller? Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. So, But that was, the mindset was we had to place to ourselves after 8 o'clock. Yeah, well, even the bird I killed the first day, I mean, it was, heck, it was almost 1 o'clock till I got back to camp because yeah. I had a pretty good hike and it was the same thing carrying a bird out. Like, you know, you have your pictures and stuff. But, no, it was it was definitely a heck of a season. I, I think that, yeah, so I want to, I already made my mind up. I want to kill birds with my other two shotguns. Those are those are twenty gauges. So I, I'd like to try to kill some birds with those. But uh, I had a, a friend of mine who's a turkey hunt fanatic. He killed ten birds in multiple states this year, and he was telling me about doing uh, doing the shotgun slam. I said, "What's that?" He goes, "Shooting a bird with every every round from you know ten all the way to four ten." I was like, "Oh." That actually sounds pretty cool. Then I started thinking about it. I'm like, do I know people with every shotgun? <laughs> I was like, I do. The only one I don't know is I don't know anybody with a 10-gauge. But I was like, I could shoot I got a with buddy everything. with a 10-gauge yeah. if you need it. <laughs> I but you want to talk about that 20-gauge kicking your shoulder halfway off your body. He says when you shoot that, you know it. Yeah. But, I mean, that thing, you could shoot way out there, way out there. And, again, you know, we don't want to, but some scenarios – I wish I had that TSS over the years, you know. Now, this year, a lot of the ones that held up on me, I never seen them. Right. You know, and you think 
they had to be right there and they just never showed their face but you know again i was four kills i saw marks miss you know so i had a great year at the end now you look back and think another great season you know but it was it was a lot of hours a lot of miles i mean I think Andy figured out we drove over 3,500 miles between Alabama and back and forth to Pittsburgh. You know, we had a lot of fun. You know how it is. Hell, Absolutely. talking to you almost every trip, at least for 10 minutes on the way home or the way out, exactly. you know. And that's the fun of it. That's what I, Like, I just love turkey hunting. Oh, speaking of that, it was so funny because of, uh, another good friend of mine, he's, uh, he's retired. He killed one opening day on his property. It was the first bird he ever killed on his property. First time he ever saw birds. He, cool. saw, he saw them the night before, and then he went out, and he ended up calling one and killing one. But um, I, I, I talk with him fairly frequently, um, and I was talking to him the, well, right after you killed your first one that week. And I said, did you go back out turkey hunting at all? He goes, nope. He said, I went to my, my spots. He said, and I haven't heard birds. He said, I haven't seen birds. You know what? I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting, you know, getting tired of it. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm losing interest. He said, it just doesn't bug me that much. Then I went into, oh, my, my buddy Jason just killed one. I, my other buddy, you know, Hudson Potter County killed one. I had buddies that were firing birds up and I'm like, oh, and I just pulled into this field. There's birds out in this farmer's field. And I'm talking this up and he, and it was funny because, you know, there he is. I think he's 70 years old and he's like, you know, he goes, I wasn't that jacked up about turkey hunting. He goes, but I kind of want to go turkey hunting again. Why well, kid you not? A week later, he sends me a picture of a second bird he killed. Yeah. So basically you... You probably made that happen. Yeah, it was just just talking about it. He said he, he said he was he was he takes bike rides and he saw uh, he saw a bird in this one field multiple times. Found out who the landowner was, asked him if he could hunt it. He left him, and I think the second or third time he went, he killed him. I'm like, that is awesome. That five, just us talking turkey hunting was enough to get him yeah. to want to go back out. Well, me and Mark left when we were listening to uh, your podcast with Matt, and you said on there that talking with your friends and, and our podcast, you know, with getting your second tag, like you were that jacked up about getting your second tag and then it worked out like, thank God you did because you know, with the bow and, uh, you know, just getting one in general is great. But it was funny cause me and Mark were listening. I was like, yeah, the more you talk about it, the more, you know, excitement. And then it helps when like you, I'm sending you pictures, you're sending me pictures. You have other people giving you feedback compared to just doing everything on your own you know if, if you don't hear anything then it's like ah, well i this. think you need that sometimes to yeah. keep going because you get to those situations in those times of the year where it's a grind and it's it's mentally draining to keep going for it yeah. but it only takes one morning well like that sunday morning when i woke up i'm telling you i laid here and said don't you dare get out of this bed and i'm thinking you got to do it if you want to kill this thing now here's a funny story quick my wife works for a foot doctor last year she said hey his old college roommate you know that he hunts he wants to send him some of your calls so i say send him a couple i think the black and yellow one which is standard and i think it was a black and red one so i don't hear anything from this guy this is last year so the other day at work my wife sends me a picture of a turkey with a shotgun laying on it hey this was a black and yellow call that we sent uh the doctor from last year i don't know his name you know so that night i had that's it was the monday after i shot my second bird Mm-hmm. you wouldn't believe how many calls i sold sunday and my wife said it's unbelievable i was like i'm telling you that's why i put this pressure on. when i'm killing birds my calls are selling even mid-season where i would have never thought it worked i bet i sold 15 calls a couple of days after i got my second bird 
So she sends me a picture of this thing. So that night I'm down there. I got to make up some of those black and yellow ones quick. So I, I get a call. It's like Pittsburgh. And I'm thinking, did I do anything stupid when I was out there? You know? So I answer the phone and he says who it was. It was the guy that sent her the picture that morning or sent the doctor the picture. So he says, I just want to say I'd never seen turkeys dance like I did to that call. And I just laughed because I thought, you hit the right bird. Yeah. Didn't matter what call you had. But, exactly. you know, hey, I, he wants to believe, you know, that's how, how good this call is. Hey, it's great, you know. When he starts telling me how this thing ran in and he never seen one at his decoy the way it was. So it was just the right bird. And he was so excited. So he wanted to order more calls from me. So we talk about, like, you know, what what do you like, what do you want? And then I put this package together, and she's laughing because she's like, I send a guy calls, and here you are. Now you're going to be buddies with this guy. So then I said to him, where do you live? He kind of told me, and then I told him I hunt in that direction, and I told him what county I hunt in. So that's it. We got off the phone. I said, once I get these together, I'll just mail them to you, and then we'll settle up or whatever. So he sends me a, a message like 10 minutes later, we're sitting down to eat. And he goes, hey, where at in that county you hunt? My buddy just bought land at this lake. Well, that's a lake I hunt. It's all public land around this lake, mm. except one little pond. I call him right away. I was like, what's your buddy's name? So I bring up on X. Sure enough, that's who owns that property. He just bought it. So here this guy travels from Pittsburgh to, he's gonna, because the guy just bought it. Well, I'm driving from here out there. We're hunting the same grounds. You know what I mean? And, uh. So now, of course, we're going to hook up out there probably next year. And uh, I said, hey, you know, see if I could get access just to park there because it opens up a whole other public land that you can't get at Mm -hmm. because of the water and a road. So he said, oh, yeah, he goes, that guy, he's all into letting you park there or whatever. So it's just funny how, like, I talked about even getting on your podcast, the opportunities these calls are giving me. It's, it's just funny. It's insane how things That's work what out. It's all about. Yeah, so then he called me, I think, two or three times since. And, you know, we're just talking turkey. Like, me and you were talking turkey, or me and the next guy. And, and she's just like, it's unbelievable how this works. I was like, but everyone understands each other. We all know the addiction to it. We all know the, the fun of it. And then once it, it's successful, oh, man, that's like icing on the cake. You know exactly, and that's the hunting community. That's why it's so much fun to network and BS with guys. I mean, yeah. that's why we love that. I mean, it's it's like turkey camp, even though it's not. But that's why we love the camp atmosphere because it's yeah. the camaraderie of it. It's it's a blast. But yeah, and everyone that listened to our podcast before, everyone that I talked to was like, "Man, you guys were great on there." And I said, "All we were doing was sitting there talking. Just, we would have talked the same if we had these microphones on our exactly. head or not." <laughs> that's exactly. a great part about it. Well, we've been rolling for over an hour here, so let's wrap this up. Any parting words, man? Uh, I hope we can do this again next year. I hope so, too. And, I, I mean, I hope anyone out there listening to this, uh, most of our stuff is just stories back and forth. But if you take stuff out of the stories we tell, if you listen to some of the things we say in that story, you know, you could learn some tips and stuff. And mostly patience. Patience. It's, it's better patience, to learn patience. from my mistake than from your own mistake. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, gosh. you could cut down a lot of time by listening to these people. And just like to give a plug to Matt. If you want to go on YouTube and find someone who knows their stuff, go on Matt Dale Outdoors. Or Dale Outdoors, yeah, I guess Dale it is. Yeah, Dale Outdoors, but Matt Dale, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I watch that guy. He says he says what we do. I mean, he's he's not he's not a celebrity who's getting paid to tell you something. He's doing it. Like you said, seven days on one bird, nine days on another. He has to be so tired waking up day in and day out, but yet he gets the job done. 
Well, it was so funny. I just watched one of his videos of the birdie of a bird he killed this year, and he said, "I have this one spot." He said, "I never do any good there before eight o'clock." He said, "So if I'm if I'm running and gunning, going hard, and I get tired one day, and I want to sleep in." He goes, "That's where I go." Well, then he killed the bird there. That yeah, day. and and that's the thing though. You have to you have to know what you're doing like that, or know the properties, and think year in and year out, this is what they do. But yeah, I mean, closing words. I hope we could do this again. It was fun. Uh, great meeting you and sitting here talking turkey all day long and uh yeah thanks for having me. like i said when we're done here quick i'll i'll go build a couple for you so you can see how it's done yeah, Only I'll takes be a few minutes looks, yeah. yeah and then uh you know if anyone needs calls they can find me on your your uh information you put out there yeah i'll, I'll put the i'll put the stuff in the show notes and uh i mean you got instagram and yep. stuff like that yep. facebook so yeah uh yeah. jay miller custom calls and uh, yeah, yeah, you'll be you'll be cutting more for next year. Yeah, and I appreciate having having me on here. The opportunity is great, and you know, if anyone listens to this and, and likes what we're saying or whatever, you know, it's just two guys from the same area that love hunting. You betcha. It was a good time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. All right, buddy.